Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. So Paul's like, I'm going to let the Lord deal with this guy, and I'm going to trust that you are going to make the right decision. You're going to make the right decision. You're going to do what's right, and God will deal with this person. And praise God, that's how it should always be. Let God deal with them. God is way better at handling situations than you and I are. He knows how to set things right. You want to talk about justice, nobody knows how to dish out justice better than God himself. It's heartbreaking to see false teachers infiltrating a solid church and slowly beginning to corrupt it from the inside. They'll manipulate scripture to suit their own purposes, or often they'll even dismiss parts of scripture that aren't culturally popular. It's sneaky, it's subtle, and it's pervasive. And as Pastor James explains today, like a little bit of yeast in a batch of dough, this poison spreads throughout the body of believers. But be sure, God sees and He knows. He will execute justice against these teachers. Until then, be on guard against lies. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Galatians chapter 5 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. We need bread for the broken, give some bread to the broken. We need hope for the hopeless, give some hope to the hopeless, hopeless. Bread for the broken, broken. Your faith demonstrated through love goes on to say here, I'm finding my place once again. Let me read verse 6 again from New Living Translation. It says, For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, it makes no difference to God whether we are circumcised or not circumcised. And you can fill in those blanks with anything else too, okay? You can remove circumcised and uncircumcised and fill in anything else in there, okay? Um, it makes no difference to him. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Again, in love, this agape, very Christ-centric, Christ-glorifying, Christ-honoring love, okay? I want to clarify that because some people think they're doing a really good job at just loving everybody, and it's not true. Because if it's not love connected to Jesus... I don't know how much of it is really love. It's, it's love and truth. And Jesus is, he's love, he is truth, okay? So, again, Paul's saying, listen, your faith demonstrated, lived out through love. Verse 7, you were getting along so well. You were, you were running so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? Or NIV would say, who's cut in on you? You ever been, somebody cut in on you? You're driving down the road, right? There's another vehicle illustration there. You're like, Pastor James has problems. I'm like, yes, I do. Um, amen, it's true. You're going good. You're going so good. And then out of nowhere, boom, somebody just cuts you off. Cuts right in front of you. Who's, you were running so well. You were doing good. They're like fast starters, okay? So Paul showed up, gave them the gospel, and man, these guys were just, they were going for it. You were getting along so well. Who has interfered with you and to hold you back from following the truth, all right? So who stepped in? Who's messing up your race? Question for you. Is anybody in your life cut in 
And are they messing up your race? This race of following Jesus. You need to be aware of that. Because the sad reality is there's, there's, there are people that would love to cut in on your relationship with Jesus, maybe not intentionally, but we as human beings love attention. We love attention, and we love to get it from anybody that we possibly can. And sometimes you can find yourself walking with the Lord, running with the Lord, things are going good, going good, and then all of a sudden, whew, somebody cuts right in. You're like, ah, uh, and then... I don't know. And it's not that you need to be on guard of people, but more so on guard of intentions. Because these guys, let's keep it within the context. These are religious people. These are religious leaders. They are cutting into the relationship between the, gen- between the Galatians, I'd say the Gentiles, because that's who they are, and their re- relationship with Jesus, and they step right in the middle of that so that they can... And Paul already said it in the last chapter. Their whole intent behind doing that is because they wanted all the attention for themselves. And they cut right in. And when you cut right into that, and if it's hindering somebody in their walk and relationship with the Lord, then, well, you know, conversations are going to have to be had. But these guys have, their intentions are, are not pure. They're not pure at all. So Paul, he's just calling, he's like, look, you were doing so good, but like, Who's, who's holding you back from following the truth? Because what they're proclaiming to you is not truth. Verse 8, it certainly isn't God. I mean, even that he has to say that, it's just somewhat comical in one sense. He's like, so who's messed up your run, your, this, new, this newfound freedom? This, this incredible race that you've entered in and you're running so well, who stepped in? It wasn't God. It's not him. You can't blame him. It's not God because God will never interrupt himself. He's never going to contradict himself. He's not going to step in and say like, or you're running a race and he sticks his foot out to trip you up. That's not what he's going to do. But these other guys will do that. So Paul's saying, it's, it's certainly not God, for he's the one who called you to freedom. That's a beautiful phrase there. You can underline that within your Bible. You can put a little star there next to your Bible. Because remember verse 1, it is for freedom that he has set you free. And he has called you into freedom. Called you into it. That's how much God cares about you and your freedom. But, verse 9, it takes only one wrong person among you to infect all the others. A little yeast spreads quickly through the whole batch of dough. You know, if you've ever baked anything using yeast, you don't need a lot of it. You don't need a lot of it. You need a little bit of active yeast, and man, that, that ball of dough is going to... A little uh, yeast leavens the whole batch. But here's what Paul's saying, because sometimes this verse likes to be applied in all sorts of areas, Okay. What we need to understand is within the context, the yeast are these false teachers who are creeping into the church and spreading sin. That's what we're talking about here. This isn't so much so you as an individual, you're showing up and you're dealing with sin or you're wrestling with sin. It's not talking so much about that because guess what? You're going to keep showing up on a Sunday and you're, I hope you're still fighting sin, okay? 
Because if you're not fighting sin, then that means you're dead, okay? Which is a whole nother, I mean, that's a, praise God for that, right? You, you did it, okay? So I don't know, but tell me you're fighting, you haven't surrendered to it. So it's not so much about like just people living normal lives and wrestling against sin. He's talking about these are bad guys, and the moment you let a false teacher in, he's going to corrupt the whole bunch. A little leaven, a little yeast will permeate the entirety of the rest of the dough. Be on guard. Be on guard. That's why we as a church, we always have to be on guard for whoever shows up, and they're like, hey, I want to... I'd like to share this with your congregation. Well, what exactly is that? Because I've had those conversations. Even since in our, such a young church, lots of people will show up saying like, hey, I have something special for your church. I'm like, eh, my alarms are already going off. I'm like, I don't trust you at all. Um, what's, what's this new thing? Well, it's this, this, and this. And it's like, no, not for us. Not for us. And I've had to turn down a handful of people for wanting to proclaim to you guys this new thing that they're on. And they're like, no, why not? Well, because it's not in here. If it's not from here, it's not for these things. And it's not for our, our little family here. Paul says, you, you need to be aware a little bit of yeast will spread quickly through the whole batch of dough. Verse 10, I am trusting the Lord to bring you back to uh, believing as I do about these things. So here's Paul who's saying, like, I, I, listen, I know the Lord's got you. I'm trusting that the Lord, to keep you from believing false teachings, God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. So Paul's like, I'm going to let the Lord deal with this guy, and I'm going to trust that you are going to make the right decision. You're going to make the right decision, you're going to do what's right, and God will deal with this person. And praise God, that's how it should always be. Let God deal with them. God is way better at handling situations than you and I are. He knows how to set things right. You want to talk about justice, nobody knows how to dish out justice better than God himself. So we can trust him when it's in the church realm, when it's in the world, God knows how to, he knows how to dish out justice. And I will tell you this, justice is coming. Justice is coming. It absolutely is. For all kinds of scenarios that are so heartbreaking in our world. Sometimes the spotlight, the magnification glass, hovers over one scenario, and it exposes that to us racial relations within our world. Racism is still a big deal. I don't know if you know that. It has not gone away. And for anybody to think that it's, it's gone, it has not gone away. It has not. And it's not just a problem in America. It is global. It has always been a global issue. People have always been discriminated based on the pigmentation of their skin, which is stupidity to me, because I think it's the most beautiful thing that God has ever done. Now, you can create people who have different shades of color on their skin. That's incredible. That's amazing. That's, that's beautiful. And if you don't have friends who are different skin tone than you, you need more friends. You need more culture in your life. You need to step out there. But, man, there is so much. And our world, our, this earth, this planet itself is crying out for justice. We need it, and he knows how to bring it, and he's going to bring it. 
He's going to bring it for sure. You can bank on that. Until then, the church is here. We are here. Demonstrate your faith in him through your love for each other, through your love for each other. So whether that's our black brothers and sisters who are in, they just, man, they need to know that they're loved and that they're cared about. They need to know that, absolutely. For our ones who are caught up in the sex trafficking industry, which is a huge one on my heart, and it always has been, it tears me up. I mean, it's a big problem that nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about this thing. It's crying out for those guys. It's cry- I mean, there's just so much, and we're just praying, all right, Lord, I just need to trust you. I just need to trust you. Because I can't solve the world's problems. You were never intended to solve the world's problems. You can't. You can't even solve your own problems. You can't even solve your Amen to that, right? You cannot solve your own problems. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. So let's trust in him. Here's Paul. Uh, He goes on this last little portion here. He says, dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised as some say I do, why would the Jews persecute, persecute me? He's like, uh, duh. Like, if I'm, he's like, why am I being persecuted? Okay, they're telling you that I preach this way. He's like, if I did preach that way, why are you guys picking up large chunks of stones and trying to kill me? See, the, the liar, the deceiver, the story never pans out. It'll never pan out. And truth will always come out. Truth always does come out. And Paul's like, they're saying I teach what? They're saying I teach circumcision? Then why'd they try to kill me when I was with you? Why'd they drag me out of the city and almost try to stone me to death? If I was all about them and their teaching, why are they trying to kill me? Doesn't a house divided crumble? Right? So Paul's like, listen, I'm not teaching that way. If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. That's a true statement. If I were no no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, then no one would be offended. Even in our churches today, hey, don't talk about the blood. Why? Blood offends people. Oh, it makes them feel bad. Oh, well, maybe they should feel bad. Maybe, Maybe you need to feel bad. Because it was your sin and mine that pinned him to that cross. You're the reason he went to the cross. You're the reason he was a bloody mess on that day. Don't, well, it just makes people feel bad. This is something that it's, it, it's kind of died off a little bit, but I, then it kind of hasn't. We eliminate songs that we sing because, well, they make people feel bad. <laughs> songs about Jesus dying on the cross make... I listen. I'm sorry, but and Paul's right. He's like, look, if I didn't talk about the gospel, if I didn't proclaim the gospel, then I wouldn't be offending anybody. So maybe you're on the right track and people are getting offended. He's just it's 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 just logic. He's running through logic here. He says, I only wish, here's a good statement. Here's <laughs> here's one you can underline. Maybe make this the verse you put on your throw pillow, Um, the mug, the coffee mug that you drink from each and every day. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. Or what he says is this, 
I wish they would just go all the way. I wish they would just go all the way. A complete cutting off. You know what circumcision is. I don't think I need to explain that to you. Most of you are adults. Most of you probably have an understanding of what that is. Paul's like, "Mm, I wish they wouldn't have just stopped at the circumcision. Like, this is how intent he is. This is how much he cares about these people and what he feels about liars. He's like, I wish they would just mutilate themselves. That's harsh. That's harsh language. Can we say that? I don't know. Paul did. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. That's how Paul felt about people who were stepping into churches and saying, Jesus is not enough. And I think we should feel the same way. If somebody is proclaiming that our Jesus, the Son of God, is not enough for your salvation, then maybe we should have some harsher conversations with ones that are like that. Because these people are leading people astray. They're placing, them, they're placing this, this bondage onto these guys that, that God had never intended for them. They are, it's as if they've been set free. And, you know, to use the illustration of, of Thomas Johnson here, he was a slave. He was set free. And it would be like these guys are going around trying to round up freed men and women and throw them back into slavery. And if that were ever to happen, you better believe people would stand up and be like, hey, hold on. What do you think you're doing? You can't do that. You cannot do that. These guys are doing the same thing. It's just on a spiritual level. They're trying to get these freed individuals and throw them back into slavery. And Paul's like, I don't think so. I do not think so. He's like, I wish they would just emasculate themselves, chop it all off, cut it all off. Why? Because the circumcision, that makes you, well, then does going all the way make you even better in the sight of God? That's your logic. Paul's got no time for these guys. Verse 13 says this, my brothers, uh, you, my brothers, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge in sinful nature. Oh, no. Okay, here we go. Um, listen, again, this is just a preview for next week because I'm wrapping it up. Um, it says this, for you've been called to live in freedom, not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. That should be a no-duh statement, okay? Duh. Like, Jesus didn't set you free just so you can go and do whatever you want to do. But it has to be said. So that you can satisfy your own sinful nature. But freedom to what? To serve one another in love. This same love that is demonstrated through your faith in Jesus. So you proclaim you're, a great, you're the greatest witness when you're living out your faith. And oftentimes that's through your love for other, other people. But then you're also serving one another in love. Verse 14, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I don't love me. You're a liar. Okay? You do love you, and I can, pro- I can prove that to you. Okay? You, you, I love me way more than what I think I even realize. And Paul even said that. He was telling that to the church of Corinth, I believe it was. He's like, you love yourself. There's no question, there's no issue there. You take care of yourself, right? You made sure you were fed, you, t- you got some drink in you, you're clothed, praise God for that, hair is manageable, all that stuff. Yeah, you love, you care about yourself. You do. 
I don't really care that much about myself. No, you do. You really do, okay? What he's saying here is this, this beautiful command of love your neighbor as yourself. Do you have needs that pop up within your life? You address those needs. Okay. What if your neighbor has a need that pops up in their life and they can't address that need? Well, then you as their, their neighbor should step in and help them out. That's, that's, that makes sense, right? That's, that's common sense. So you, you love your neighbor. Well, well, like the one individual that asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? You know, well, I live out on the West End. Who's my neighbor? It's not always your next door neighbor. If you have one of those, then yes, it applies to them. It implies to people that you're interacting with on a daily basis, that you're encountering on a daily basis. Just love other people. Love Jesus, and I'm going to use Jesus. I, I know it's love God, but I think sometimes the word God gets uh, used for everything. Love Jesus. I could say God the Father, God Almighty, okay? And love other people. Love him, love them. Love him, love them. There you go. There you go. You can write that down. I copyrighted James Grizzle. Now you can tweet that out. Now go for it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but if instead of showing love among yourselves, you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So here's the, within the church. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Okay? So the loving your neighbor, hey, guess where it should be happening? Uh, in church. Okay? They're like, really? It should? Yeah, it should. You know where it doesn't happen that much? In church. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't know why. I don't know why this is a problem. I don't know why it's sometimes easier to love people who don't go to church with you than to love people. Maybe because you spend too much time with them. I don't know how that works. But within the church, within the body, Paul says this. He's like, look, you guys got to knock it off. Biting, devouring each other, stop it. Stop it. Love each other. Love each other. Be a good witness. Be a good witness. You have faith in Jesus? Sweet. Prove it. Prove it through your love and concern for other people and how you serve them and how you're taking care of their needs when, it, when you can, okay? That's it. The false teachers were teaching something else. They wanted all the attention for themselves. They don't care about anybody else. They don't care about loving God and loving your neighbor. They don't care about any of that stuff. They wanted all the attention for themselves. They wanted all the money for themselves. They wanted, they, that's what they wanted. That was their agenda. And Paul says, no, that's nonsense. You love God, cool. Now love other people. Now love other people. Well, what, a, what, a, what better way to stay free than that? If you're so busy and loving and serving other people, well, it's kind of hard to get, you know, tied up once again into those old ways of life. So my encouragement for all of us is this. It is for freedom that you've been set free. Now stay free. Stay free. Not out of your own effort, because I get, I get it. Not out of your own strength, your own might, your own will, because it's not by might nor by power, but what? By, by my spirit, says the Lord. So the Holy Spirit living in you, he will help you to stay free. Each and every day you wake up, you say, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will fill me today. I pray that you will fill me today. Hope to the hopeless, hopeless. 
Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James has been teaching through the book of Galatians, a New Testament letter penned by the Apostle Paul. Its lessons on unity and holiness may have been written long ago, but these truths can still be applied in your life today. We pray that you've been encouraged by the messages you've heard on Bread for the Broken. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor James on this topic, you can visit our website today at breadforthebroken.com. Do you live in the Galveston area, and are you looking for a church home? We'd be honored to have you join us at Calvary Galveston this Sunday at 10 a.m. We're a laid-back church, and we encourage you to simply come as you are. You can get directions to our church and more information at breadforthebroken.com. If you're not able to come in person, that's okay. We're streaming our weekly services on Facebook Live. Just search for Calvary Galveston. Before our time with you is over for the day, we want to ask you a question. Would you partner with us here at Bread for the Broken? We'd be honored if you'd pray with us for everyone who's listening to this program, that God would open their hearts and minds to His truth. Would you also pray about partnering with us financially? All donations are appreciated, no matter the size. You can give securely online at breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for coming alongside us to share the gospel message. And thanks for listening today to Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man, who I love, man, and give it.